Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Components. I'm Ren, product marketer at Hereto and your podcast MC. I'm Patrick, CEO here at Hereto. And I'm Jared, lead solutions consultant. Thanks for joining us on our weekly conversation about componentized and structured content. Hope you enjoy this 15 or so minutes of fun talking about everything from data to innovations in AI. All right, let's get into it. Hey there, welcome to Components. I'm your host, Patrick Pozik. This is the single topic podcast that discusses modern content strategy using structured and componentized content. Just like component content, each episode is short and about one thing. All right, let's get to it. Hey, it's Tim. Just a heads up. This week's episode is a continuation of the conversation about reuse from last week with Patrick and Jared. Enjoy. What about, you know, one area that I've that I have questions about and, and how far we can push this reuse thing is that in, there are companies, there are, there are companies that are shifting to move towards a, if not literally componentized structured content, they're at least shifting their mentality to, uh, we need to have this, we need to have small chunks of content that we can reuse and specifically in marketing departments where, you know, language shifts often and, and ways to engage. But I've, I'm seeing more and more people who are starting to, more and more organizations, large organizations who are moving their marketing teams into that mentality of this stuff needs to be, we need, we need libraries of content that are easily reusable across multiple departments. And they're starting to um, demand this of their marketing departments too. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts there? Like how to, how to effectively pull that off for a marketing department. So I I think you're seeing this, this enterprise content strategy becoming more well accepted, or at least a little bit more popular in a lot of places. And at some point in time that has to bring the marketing department along with it. You You can't do it just, just with the, the more reference or knowledge oriented departments. Like they have to interoperate eventually. Like there's no way around that. So, you know, what do I think about bringing marketing departments in? I think that marketing department, I think the challenge there is that marketing departments have a lot of systems they're already using. And it's not common that those systems are really set up for enterprise-wide content strategy, enterprise-wide component content. And the thing that, that is challenging there is that really to have an enterprise-wide strategy you have to have something which is really truly interoperable and so like you'll see things where uh, marketing departments are using even like the really advanced ones that are using like component systems and structured systems like headless cms's which are largely component and structured systems but they're every single every single implementation is different so there's it's not something that you can pull the whole organization into um, because you're going and you're building your own information architecture from the ground up every single time. So those implementations are great because they fit, you know, the use case like a glove, you know, like they're, they're very good from that perspective. Um, But at the same time, they don't provide for something which is truly an enterprise wide layer. Like there's no ability to have a true enterprise-wide interoperability. So what needs to happen here if organizations want to get to that 
is they have to find a middle ground between these things. They have to find a way to use something which is more, um, which is more broad and enterprise wide at the top level, and then is able to be kind of um, reformatted is probably the wrong word, but maybe adjusted at the individual use case level. Adaptable. Um, so it can become, yeah, I think adapted is a good word there. It can be adapted at the individual use case level. Um, and so, you know, I try not to, to be really specific with technologies here, but I will give a shout out to, to the philosophical backing of DITA in this particular case. Um, and there's a, there's a thing here that allows you to do reuse at the scale that's in DITA that's very unique. Um, and that is the ability to inherit um, from a base set of elements. So a marketing department is able to say, we're going to use a custom type of section. You know, maybe it's like, a, um, this is a what's new section or something like that. And they can, um, they can specialize the base section to behave that way. But the reality is that under under this layer of inheritance, a section is still a section. So there is a there is a default level of understanding across the organization, and individual groups are able to have a more specific meaning for particular semantic structures, and everybody else can have a broader meaning for those structures. So there's no blocking there, and this ability to inherit, um, you know, that's kind of the Darwin part of DITA. Um, you know, as much as that's a little bit silly, you know, it's it's the evolutionary aspect of it. But this ability to inherit is what allows these structures to be used in very specific ways in certain cases, but re be reused in, in more general ways in other use cases. And without that particular aspect of DITA, um, you know, ignoring all the stuff in DITA, which is, you know, probably more complex than it needs to be. But without that thing, you can't get to an enterprise architecture. And that's that's why, you know, we have been so adherent to DITA as we've, you know, implemented these things is because it's, it really is the only technology that has the ability, only technology today that's on the market today that has the ability to have this enterprise level reuse and implementation structure. So what's the... What do you think the biggest challenge is for an organization who wants to implement an enterprise content strategy to take on something that is um, even a simplified version of DITA um, is very different than than a marketing department opening up a Google Doc and getting after it. It's very it's a, it's a very very different experience um, because there are things you. I, I I mean I think some of this is just training and time, or a habituation really. We've all become, we became habitualized to Word. And then Google Docs came along. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is basically the same with some cool new stuff that we like. Um, and so we all became habituated to using that. And so we've come to expect that experience out of our tools. Um, and that can, that can represent a big challenge for an organization who wants to shift and take on a, a tool that by design is significantly different. Uh, and represents a different architecture underneath for the content. Yeah, so that's the uh, that's the billion dollar question, right? <laughs> so um, I win. <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of that's one of the things that I think that you know we and when I say we, I mean you know all the people here at our organization have spent years hunting um, and trying to figure out. It's it's not a simple. There's no simple answer there. Um, 
you know, one of the things that's always really eye-opening for me is every time I have to go back into Microsoft Word, which is not very often because, you know, outside of being in um, an easy data user, you know, I'm a Google Docs user. Um, and those are, you know, my primary two places that I write things other than email. Um, but if I'm writing anything, it's going to be preserved. It's going to be one of those two places. But if I have to go into Google or if I have to go back into Word, which I do every so often, I just never can ever wrap my head around how freaking complex Word is. Like it's it, yeah, so genuinely hard. Is. Yeah, it's so hard to use and it's so frustrating, but people are so used to it that yeah. it's become their guidepost. And it, it's not because it's better. It's not because it's it's easier. It's just because it's what they're used to. And it's yeah. far more complex than than almost any other authoring application that, that exists. Um, but it is what people know. So, you know, how do you, you know, the thing that's really challenging about bringing people into a, you know, a componentized structured environment is that not only are you learning a new tool, but you're learning a new methodology. You're learning a new yeah. way of yeah. doing your work. And there's no, I don't think there's any really, really easy answer for that. You know, I think that this is one of those things where it's like, um, there's, it's like exercise. Like there's, there's no pill here to get better. Like you can't, you can't just take something in the morning and, and think that you're going to be in good shape. Like this is something that you've got to go and you've got to practice and you've got to, you've got to actually get better at. Um, and it's worth it because it's a thing that, you know, if you want to have, a competitive, healthy organization that can um, seamlessly reuse and share content at an enterprise level. I mean, there's no other option. Um, yeah. So like decide if you want that and if you do go do it. And if you don't, then don't, I guess. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, you can, you can painstakingly make Dropbox and Google docs work, but it's painstaking, it's error prone, and you end up spending more time fixing things than you do just creating new things. Yeah, that is true. Um, did um, I ever, did I tell you about how I came into how my transition to structured content and, and writing, uh, my writing shift, how that actually happened? I'm pretty sure I met you at a coffee shop and asked you if you wanted a job. You did. Yeah, you did. Uh, but there was a point that led up to that. I was a word user. Like I, I was in school. I'm uh -huh. like, I'm using word. I'm using word. And in the middle of a semester, someone was like, Hey, check out this thing. It's called LaTeX. And I was like, all right, cool. And so I just was like, I'm going to start writing my term paper in this. And my, my term paper was my only grade for that class. Like that's mm -hmm. it. So I'm in the middle of it and I'm probably 3000 three to 5,000 words into it. And I was like, I cannot get this. I can't get this PDF to generate. Like I can't do it. And I was like, okay, that's it. I have to get this paper done. I'm going back to word. And so I literally copied the whole thing, pasted it into a word doc and started pulling out the markup. And it was so much worse than trying to going back to dealing with margins, dealing with formatting, trying to navigate through word, yeah. something I was used to was worse to me than pushing through the difficulty and troubleshooting what my actual problem was with this new system, this new methodology. And I was like, forget it. And I went back and I like trouble. I spent like an hour and a half troubleshooting what the actual problem was, figured it out and never looked back. Yeah. It's even if you don't know it, word half of your time in word is spent on formatting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. I'm going to call it a, I'm going to, I'm going to call this one wrapped up. Um, I got some things I got to take care of before our next meeting. Um, 
So um, good chatting with you, Jared and Tim. Thanks for your input, Tim, as always. Great listening, guys. <laughs> I, I think... I think from here on out, we need to act like Tim is, we need to address him throughout these podcasts and he never <laughs> says anything. And then just let people wonder whether Tim is a real person or Sweet. not. You're probably a bot. Am I a bot? Am I not? <laughs> All right, guys, I gotta go. I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.